Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2020 season. It is the first unofficial podcast of the Backmarkers F1 show, but this is a little bit different today. We're in a different location. It's only myself, Chris Cato, and Tyler McDonald. Uh, Shaker Barty is uh, on vacation, so he couldn't join us today, but we got a really special guest today. But before we get to that, just a couple of housekeeping notes. We just launched our brand new website, thebackmarkersf1show.com. You can find it at tbmf1show.com. And all there, you'll be able to find our podcasts, all of our videos, photos, blog posts, articles, social media, everything is on there. So check the link uh, in this video and also in the description, and, and please follow us there. Yeah, really amping up, the, as the kids say, the content uh, <laughs> this year um, for 2020. Uh, we're really excited to, to launch this. And Chris, I know you put a, a lot of work into this. And um, if you guys have a second, go check it out and uh, go check on our website regularly because there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to try to pump out this year. Uh, it's a big year, new decade uh, yes. and, and, uh, for us here in our third season. And uh, we're really looking to make an impact on the F1 community this year. And it should be a lot of fun and uh, some very exciting things coming up this year. That's that's for sure. Which includes this video right yeah. here. I'm pretty sure you're saying, guys, shut up so we can so get we can, to the yeah. interview. Um, this is... I think the the biggest moment uh, we've had on our on our podcast so far, Chris, and uh, maybe you know we're we're kind of a little biased because we are Canadian, um, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't matter because we have a Canadian race car driver and F one driver this year, rookie for Williams, Nicholas Latifi joined us uh, earlier today, and um, what a phenomenal interview! I, I can't wait to, for you guys to listen to this because. Uh, uh, Nicholas was phenomenal throughout the whole interview. Um, it gave some really great answers and some really great perspective, too, from uh, a driver's standpoint, Chris, and uh, something that uh, really appreciate Nicholas taking the time for and uh, was a, a lot of fun to, to record with him. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's take a look at our interview with Nicholas Latifi. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Nicholas, how's it going? Hey, I'm very good, thank you. What about you? Oh, we're good, thanks. Um, I'm Chris Cato. I'm joined by my co-host here, also Tyler McDonald. We uh, really appreciate you doing this with us. No problem, my pleasure. So, um, how have things been going? Um, obviously, uh, you announced uh, at the end of December there that you're a new driver for Williams and, and entering F1 in your first season. So. We just want to know, you know, basically from when you started racing in your karting days through F2 all the way now to F1, what's the experience been like uh, coming all the way now to Formula One? Yeah, it's definitely been quite the journey. Um, yeah, journey kind of taken about 12 years, so better part of half of my life. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of memories, a lot of experiences, uh, very difficult moments lows highs you know in, in motorsport there's always many more <laughs> lows than highs that's just how it goes but just kind of the highs that that keep you going that keep you uh fighting um but yeah from i mean from when i started karting uh in those first years i mean initially i never i think i i, I hadn't ever thought to make racing a career it was something more just a hobby for fun uh i mean i was doing it at a, at a high level for North American standards, let's say, but I mean nothing compared to like what it is doing you know, proper uh, European racing championships over here. But then when I kind of got to the age 
where I decided that, you know, I really want to pursue this as a career of, uh, to make the transition to cars. Um, then kind of going through each of those years as well, kind of step-by-step step progressing through the ranks, seeing that I was kind of getting closer and closer, uh, kind of obviously culminating in last year where I had you know, my most successful season to uh, to date in junior categories and you know, in Formula 2, finishing as, a, as the vice champion, as uh, OP2, um, you know, kind of proving to, to a lot of people that, and to, to myself, first and foremost, that I, you know, I was capable, I did, did deserve uh, to, to get the shot. So it's, yeah, it was, it was something I would have never imagined all those years ago. Uh, and to have it, let's say, happen now, and let's say the first race very, very quickly approaching uh, is a very cool feeling, very surreal feeling. Uh, and yeah, I'm just really excited to, like I say, get down to work because I'm already already gotten down to the work, but <laughs> just to continue, continue kind of, uh, you know, yeah, just keep doing everything I can to to, to achieve the goals I have. Uh, to sign for any F1 team is, I'm sure, unbelievable for you. But to sign with such a historic team in Williams, uh, what does that mean to you uh, to have that history behind you and have such a great program behind you as well? Yeah, as you said, first and foremost, just to be in. And it's something I, you know, I'm extremely proud of, extremely privileged and, and fortunate to, to be a part of a elite club of only 20 drivers per year, let's say. Uh, but then to do it with a team like Williams that, you know, goes without saying, they have the, the history, the pedigree in the sport, one of the most successful teams all time uh, in the sport as well. And, you know, beyond that, they have, you know, uh, a history and proven track record of giving young drivers the, the opportunity to kind of flourish and, and develop themselves and give them the them opportunity to, of putting their kind of foot their foot in the door. Um, so that, you know, gives a lot of confidence and excitement to, to me to kind of make my, my step into the, the big leagues with them. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward and hoping to repay them and their, their trust in me and to, yeah, the faith they put in me to be their, their race driver this year. And as you mentioned, obviously, you had your best season in F2 last year. And it's always interesting for us when the junior drivers come into Formula One. And I think this is a great opportunity for our fans to also know from a driving standpoint, what are some of the main differences between Formula Two cars and Formula One cars? Because for the last couple of years, you've been, uh, you know, in Formula One cars with FP1 and two sessions as well. So can you just sort of describe what are some of the main differences between the two cars? Yep. So there's, uh, there's quite a lot of big differences. Uh, so first and foremost is uh, much more power in the Formula 1 cars, which goes without saying, which is quite nice to feel uh, when you put your right foot to the floor. Um, so, I mean, the, the engines themselves, uh, now Formula 2s are, are V6 turbos, so they kind of followed what Formula 1 is doing, but uh, just minus the hybrids. So Formula 1 is also hybrid, so you have quite a lot of power from the actual engine itself, and then you have quite a lot of power from... The, the electronic, uh, let's say, battery side of things. So the torque you feel when you instantly put your foot on the gas and the power is, is, is quite a lot. But for me, the biggest thing as a driver is just the overall grip you have. So because the, the tires are much bigger than you have in Formula 2, it just provides much more mechanical grip. Uh, the aerodynamics as well, for sure, much more investment and tech technology advancement in the, the the aerodynamics of the car. So this just allows you to brake so much later so that the braking is insane. I mean, for the most part, whenever you, first time you drive a Formula 1 car, you get on the brakes for a corner and you have to re-accelerate to actually get to the corner because you, <laughs> you arrive so so much, uh, you, you decelerate so much quicker than you think. Wow. Uh, so... So, yeah, it's just you brake so much later, carry so much more minimum speed, you're able to get on the gas, uh, the, the throttle so much harder. So everything is kind of happening 
much more quicker on top of all the, let's say, other things you have to deal with, like the extra electronics on the steering wheel, all the controls you have, making changes to the car and things like that. How much do those differences change your fitness routine throughout the offseason, or has it changed too much uh, going from you know last season compared to this season? I mean, for the most part, a lot of my training still remain fairly similar, for sure, with some little areas, let's say, more to, to fine-tune. I mean, having, you know, always driving back and forth between the Formula 2 and Formula 1 car, I, I know which areas I, I need to improve more for Formula 1, which areas I don't have to work on as much for Formula 1, if that makes sense. So, I mean, specifically, I mean, the neck is always the biggest thing with F1 just because yeah. of the increase in G-forces uh, and the kind of, kind of, especially being a tall driver, uh, that you're maybe sitting always a little bit more in a slightly more compromised position than, than a small driver. So like the whole kind of trunk and core area, lower back is a big one for very tall drivers. Uh, and just the core to kind of like resist the G's and to kind of combat those, those forces. Then at the same time, you don't have power uh, steering in Formula 2, which you do in Formula 1. So let's say outright arm and shoulder strength doesn't need to be as much. Um, and just in general, I'm trying to uh, slid down very ever so slightly, uh, <laughs> just just to try and be more with uh, within the the Formula One weight. I mean, I'm, I I already am below the Formula One weight, but just to have a little bit more margin, and it's always better to put a bit of ballast on the car to meet the weight. Uh, as opposed to just having the weight in the driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we saw a recent picture of, uh, of you on Twitter. So looking good, looking fit. Uh, you seem uh, ready to go for the season, so that's good. Um, now, as a new driver entering into F1, a, a lot of our fans, uh, especially over here in Canada, you know, us being a, a Canadian podcast, uh, a lot of people are, have been asking us ab- about you. So what should the fans know about Nicholas Latifi? I mean, what are your interests outside of F1, favorite sports, uh, musicians? What are some of your interests uh, outside of F1, and what should fans know about Nicholas Latifi? So, first and foremost, they should know that I'm very proud to be from and represent Canada on, on the world stage. Um, so, I mean, outside the track, uh, outside of racing activities, uh, I was always a very active kid and still am. I mean, I Sports-wise, basketball is uh, for sure my favorite sport besides racing. Played a lot uh, in school at a low level, albeit uh, before I actually started karting. Uh, huge Raptors fan because of that. Whenever I'm home, I always try and get to the games, which I'm sure anyone who follows me on social media can see that it's not as often as I would like to, but whenever I'm home, I always try and fit in the game if the, the season's still running. Um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of music, uh, my my base, my uh, tastes vary depending on the mood I'm in. I mean, I do love uh, hip hop and rap. A huge Drake fan, also from the six. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I mean, in terms of when I'm when I'm working out, I always like something a bit more upbeat, so more like house, dance, EDM music, just uh, to kind of get the get the blood flowing a bit more. But I mean, aside from those kind of things, I mean, in my free time. Um, you know, which we don't really get a lot of in in, in this job because everything is, everything is so busy. Uh, aside from the actual, let's say, on track driving things, the travel, the the media, the the training, the days at the factory. And so when I do have a day off, I mean, first and foremost, I just like to just relax and like kind of just chill out. Like I'm sure any individual would like to do, whether that's just like watching watching a bunch of Netflix, uh, just hanging out with friends, uh, going to movies, just chilling with family. It's all kind of normal stuff to be honest nothing nothing crazy exciting just a normal guy (laughs) (laughs) uh you mentioned uh about uh, the six and of course you chose number six uh, as your number this year in f1 Uh, for the canadians not 
listening to our podcast and don't understand the reference. Can you just explain why you chose number six? So yeah, basically I chose number six um, because I'm from Toronto. So I was born originally in Montreal, but I've lived in Toronto my whole life. Um, so Toronto is often referred to as the six. It's uh, basically popularized by uh, the rapper Drake, who I'm sure many, anyone worldwide will know who that is. Uh, for There's a few reasons why it's been called the six. Uh, the most well-known one to me was because of the, the telephone area code. So if you're in the Toronto area, your phone number, you either have 416 or 647. Uh, so he's focus on the six, let's say. <laughs> uh, and also, Toronto was like, once divided into six boroughs. Uh, so as well, that's kind of why that, uh, that stuck as well. So, uh, yeah, he popularized it in some of his songs and one of his albums as well. It was even called Zeus from the Six. And again, proud to be from Toronto, proud to represent the six. It also happens three out of my four years in F2, GP2. I was using number six as well. Oh, <laughs> that's out. awesome. Yeah, it's funny because we're out here in Ottawa and uh, our area code is 613, but for whatever reason, just never caught on with uh, people out here in yeah, Ottawa. Yeah. So. <laughs> there is no Drake in Ottawa. I'm sure, I'm sure if Drake was from Ottawa, you guys would have got that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, unfortunately, we're not that lucky. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking ahead now uh, to the 2020 season, like you mentioned, uh, we're only a couple weeks away from testing and about a month or so from the first race. So what are your uh, personal expectations uh, going into this season? Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I have some goals uh, that I could kind of already have already set right now and some goals that are going to be more difficult to set until we actually see where, where we are as a team, where the performance of the car is. Because uh, for sure, I mean, when you think of, you know, goals, you think of, okay, well, let's, we want to be minimum, try to target this position, maybe some point scoring positions. But, I mean, we have to see where we are going to be first before we could, you know, set realistic and achievable goals. Um in terms of things aside from that, I mean, uh, I know I'm going to be compared to my teammates, uh, a very quick teammate in George Russell, very well-established uh, guy, shows how, how quick he could be last year, highly rated junior driver. So I'm uh, excited to learn from him, excited to go up against him uh, and ultimately benchmark myself from him. So I think any, pretty much all my performance will be compared to him because you know you're going to be in the same car as your teammate. So definitely want to be as close to him as possible, uh, try and bridge the gap as close to him as, as quick as possible because uh, for sure at the beginning of the season you will have an advantage just having a, year, a full year of Formula 1 experience which is something you cannot you know, you cannot buy, you cannot replicate, you just have to experience uh, experience. And so um, yeah, I think those will be Let's say the goal that I can set right now will be kind of in relation to just trying to be as close to him as possible, just trying to learn as much uh, as I can, never try not to make the same mistake more than once. That <laughs> will for sure be mistakes and things, a lot of things to learn from race by race. With it being such a the young driver lineup too in Formula One now, and uh, so many promising young drivers coming up, uh, you mentioned George. Just uh, how's your partnership with him, and how have you guys been kind of working together, meshing along uh, so far this preseason, getting wetter, uh, getting ready for winter testing? Uh, yeah, I mean George and I get along very well. Uh, I mean I've raced against him only once uh, in in my uh, racing only one year in my racing career, which was 2018, the year he won Formula 2. Uh, then, obviously, last year, being me being the reserve driver in the team uh, and George being the race driver, for sure, getting to spend a little bit more time with him on the track and also sometimes, like, back at the factory, bumping into one another. But, yeah, we get along very well. We have a very good... Uh, and we're going to have a very good working relationship, which is very important for the team. Uh, but beyond that, I think we have a, a good personal relationship as well, which uh, I think will also add 
something to the team, uh, again, especially the, the you know the position we are in for the morale. Uh, to kind of motivate everyone, uh, I, you know, we we both know our roles, you know, how how important it is to, to to race and drive for the team, not for for ourselves, uh, which is the same bit different in the junior categories where you're, I mean, ultimately you, you want to do a good job for your team uh, as well, but you're, you're it is more. Uh, okay, there's no uh, the team championship isn't as important in, in junior categories as it is in Formula One, although it's not to say that there is no importance on it, but yeah, so I think. Uh, we will. We do get along well, which will be good. Uh, this year, we've bumped into each other a few times at the factory. Uh, to be honest, as well, we. I know we've both been quite uh, quite busy. We've both gone on our own separate training camps, kind of doing our own separate preparations as well. But for sure, once things kick off, I know we're going to have a yeah a good uh, uh, collaboration and camaraderie on on track to push the team forward. Uh, that's great to hear. Um, Nicholas, one of the last things from me, uh, just talking about the uh, the Canadian content in Formula One at the moment. I was just looking last night, and, and you're the 15th Canadian Formula One driver. And for us, we were so, so long that we didn't have a Canadian driver in Formula One. And now we have two. And also so much Canadian investment in Formula One with uh, Lauren Stroll and obviously your great uh, Canadian sponsors that came along too. So do you get the sense that Formula One is starting to really grow here in Canada? And what's it like flying the flag for Canada on such a big global stage like Formula One? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something great for the sport to have now two Canadians uh, full-time on the grid. As you said, that there, there was a, quite a big gap where there wasn't any on the grid than last came in a few years ago and, and now me. So, it's uh, yeah, I think Formula One has always been very popular in Canada. I mean, from my young years, uh, going to watch the Montreal Grand Prix, it was always... Uh, I mean, at the time it was the only Grand Prix I had been to, so it was just a, a, like a, a big sporting event to me. But now having experienced so many of the other Grand Prix, I mean, I can safely say it is one of the best ones on the calendar from an atmosphere point, fan base point, uh, and just like a, a whole weekend. And I don't say that because I'm Canadian. But I'm, uh, although it, many people will think that is a biased statement, but you can ask a lot of team members, a lot of drivers, they will say that is one of their, their favorite Grand Prix to attend. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely growing, and I think having two two Canadian drivers now is only going to be it's only going to help that and continue to go in that direction, which is which is great. Uh, and yeah, me personally, just representing Canada, yeah, it's something I take uh, a huge amount of pride in. I mean, even in Formula Two, because Formula Two is still an international competition where you're competing on the world stage, and just already in that representing uh, my country and, and and where I'm from is was already amazing. And now to do it in Formula One. Uh, yeah, just a whole other big step up. So it's obviously, Montreal Grand Prix is something I can't wait for. Kind of goes without saying. <laughs> uh, two quick last ones uh, from me, Nicholas. And uh, first off, just you mentioned you know, being a young Canadian going to the Grand Prix in Montreal. Uh, but but who did you look up to when you were a young kid watching F1 and seeing these amazing race drivers? Who was your idol going up and really inspired you to become an F1 and a race driver? I mean, to be honest, those, all those early years when I would go to the Grand Prix as a kid, so let's say before I was, uh, before I actually started racing, so I think, I don't remember when the first Grand Prix I went to, but I think I would have gone to one at, probably at least when I was eight or nine years old, uh, around that. So I had no intention of even starting racing, considering racing at that point. So to be honest, growing up, I never had a, a, a racing idol, someone who kind of inspired me to get into racing. I mean, at that time, the shooting, I think, uh, my family was uh, was always a, a big uh, Schumacher fan. 
uh, again, not from a racing family, but my dad at least always like Ferrari, like Schumacher. So that was kind of kind of around that time he was still racing. Uh, but then once I actually got into racing uh, itself, I mean, started following all the races much more in the championship, much more closely. The drivers who I kind of looked up to and wanted to try and emulate certain things from were you know, for sure Schumacher. Uh, Michael Schumacher, Lewis uh, Hamilton, and Fernando Alonso, but I would not not say that I idolized one of them. I would just say there was certain things that I really want to try and emulate from each of them. Oh, no, that's very interesting. And um, just to, from a, maybe a, a fan perspective uh, and a driver perspective as well, racing on the F2 grid, obviously a, a lot shorter season. Uh, is there any Grand Prix that, or any racetrack that you're looking into this year that you haven't been able to race at before that you just can't wait to get to and, and race that track in an F1 car? So in terms of a track that never uh driven at because like i mean the obvious answer i would say is montreal but i have driven there in the fp1 sessions so i mean this is for sure the track i'm most looking forward to, to going to race at right. uh but one that one that i've never driven to uh never driven at and that i've never actually even attended the grand prix uh in general is probably singapore uh everyone says that is one of the the best grand prix on the calendar from an atmosphere uh, event point of view, but also, I mean, from the more driver specific, I mean, the street track, I love street tracks. It looks like one of the most difficult street tracks there is. It's a night race. I love night races. Uh, so that, that one I'm quite looking forward to. Uh, and the track, uh, let's say the only other track uh, would be Suzuka because this one, everyone says, is a proper driver's track, not a lot of margin for error, which again is something that kind of adds an extra thrill to it while you're while you're driving so and it looks like a you know a fantastic track a very nice flow to it and to drive you know these current generation formula one cars that make so much grip so much downforce they're so fast so flying through so many of the high-speed corners there it seems like it'll be quite a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I could only imagine going through 130r at full speed and uh, uh you get to feel that so uh, i mean that's that's unbelievable to, to have that experience and to be able to, to go flat out through that corner. So it's, it's a lot of people's dreams. So it's, I'm sure for you, it's going to be a, an unreal experience going there. Yeah, definitely. Maybe I'm going to pull the quirk and go one-handed through it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll definitely be watching then. Well, Nicholas, look, we, we really appreciate your time. I know you're incredibly busy, especially at this time of year. Uh, we just want to let you know we're going to be cheering you on all the way from here in Ottawa. And I know uh, a lot of Canadians are behind you this season. So uh, we can't wait to watch you. So best of luck to you and the team. And uh, we hope you guys uh, do really well this season. Thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you soon, Nicholas. Uh, maybe see you in, in Montreal. All right, great. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank Thanks. you. Take care. So, Nicholas Latifi there, Chris. Um, wow. Like, uh, you could only... Uh, we expected so so much coming to this. Uh, Nicholas Latifi, obviously, being Canadian and um, obviously wanting him to do so well on the grid uh, this year with Williams. Um, phenomenal interview and a lot of things that... Uh, that he said there that uh, maybe you know you don't realize as a, as a fan going to, you know to the race every weekend but um, just I found a, f a few things very interesting from him mm -hmm. and, and I think maybe the funniest thing I, I, I took out of the interview is is him wanting to go through 130R <laughs> one-handed uh, which is which is pretty impressive uh, to see but uh, what a phenomenal interview I hope you all enjoy that because uh, uh, I know we sure did uh, recording it and, and talking to Nicholas. So um, uh, unbelievable. 
Yeah, I, I always wanted to ask an F1 driver the question about the technicalities of the car. And we didn't get, uh, you know, obviously we, we only had a certain amount of time, so I would have loved to ask some more questions. But just getting a little bit of that technical insight about the braking, the acceleration, and certain things about the F2 cars that we didn't really know, because sometimes the information is hard to find, but to get it directly from a driver was, was really interesting. And, and yeah, just a terrific interview. I think yeah. uh, he's a sponsor's dream, and that's why he has so many as well. Um, you know, a very, very good head on his shoulders. And uh, I, I just wanted to say we really appreciate Williams Racing and Nicholas Latifi for their time. Um, you know, we're just a little podcast out here in Ottawa, Canada. And for them to just take a time, I know uh, his press officer mentioned he was doing some Netflix interviews before coming on with us. So for them to give, uh, you know, 20 minutes to us was, was a tremendous honor. And uh, we really thank them for that. Yeah, I know we really do. It means a lot to us. And I'm sure all of our fans will, will enjoy it, uh, the, the interview as well. And hopefully this isn't the last of things. Um, hopefully we can talk to Nicholas in the future as well in a, in a follow-up interview. And uh, hopefully if all things work out well, we can have some uh, some current and, and former drivers on the podcast as well and experts. Uh, hopefully uh, the way things are lining up, we're going to try and do our best uh, for you guys out there and get some amazing content uh, and, and interviews for you. Absolutely. Any any Raptors fan is always welcome on the show. Yeah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> even though we're not from the six, the, the six one three, but I guess, but... Um, we still represent the Canadian flag, so uh, nice to have a, a former, ca- or not, not a former, ca- a Canadian <laughs> yeah. uh, on the podcast to, to join us, and uh, we'll be cheering him and Lance Stroll on this season uh, from our Canadian roots as well. Absolutely, and that does it for us today, guys. Um, that was uh, our first unofficial podcast. I say unofficial because obviously we're in a, a different area and, and we're not with all three of us. So uh, and we're going to be coming with the uh, preseason testing podcast in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, it's right around the corner. It's yeah, crazy. It's the crazy. Car launches are in a Next week, week and a half, two weeks. Yep. Uh, so we'll be re- obviously reviewing uh, all the new liveries, uh, some breakdowns, and uh, try to get some some analysis on on what we can see from the car. And there's always speculation from whether oh, what do have they added to the car this year? Yeah. Um, in those kind of those are the photos get released that have a lot of you know uh, photoshops and stuff, so you can't really see too much of the car. And then we'll really get a good sense at winter testing, which will be coming up uh, in a few short weeks. So it's F1 uh, season's ramping right back up. Yeah. Um, I'll mention this now, too. If you, if you haven't seen it, um, go on YouTube and search uh, the Zandvoort track resurfacing. There's a, I, can't, I can't get his, his name right now as off the top of my head. But uh, anyways, there is someone filming the renovation. Very cool if you're a, a track geek like me. Um, you can see the renovation happening, all the construction. So I, I would recommend going checking checking that out uh, as they get prepared for their first uh, F1 race in a long, long time. Sounds great. And in the meantime, like I said, follow us on our website, tbmf1show.com. We'll be posting articles as well as as this interview, the audio version, and a lot more. So if you don't see a video from us on YouTube, check out the website because we'll be posting content on there in the meantime. And also on Twitter as well, at tbmf1show. Follow us there for all of our latest updates. And uh, you'll find us there. Yeah, and uh, all of our preseason, uh, when our preseason show comes out, you'll, you'll we'll give you guys a rundown on uh, our plan for this season, uh, our, our in-depth plan for this season, and what you guys can look forward to uh, with uh, all of the uh, content. Yeah. <laughs> all the content that will be coming up. So uh, it's a very exciting year for us, and uh, hope you guys are, are going to join us for the ride. Pretty good start to this season, though. Yes. Very, um, very good. We hope you enjoyed uh, our interview with Nicholas Latifi. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon, guys. Take care.